All right, we've got Josh Lambert in the studio with us, and I know I've already kind of introduced him, but I'm going to introduce him better. So this is the third part in our series about what gospel-centered Sunday morning services should look like. The first week we talked about expositional preaching. Last week we talked about a gospel-centered service as a whole. So now we're going to look kind of more specifically at, at worship and from the perspective of a worship leader, which is what Josh is. Josh is a worship leader at Ransom Community Church, which is the church that Joy Garrett and I attend. I think I said that accurately. I put myself last. That's how you do it, right, in English? It's whatever you want to do. Okay, yeah. Where else well, school? Jesus said that the last shall be first, first shall be last. All right, so that's why I did it that way. And uh, so, yeah, Josh, the worship leader, Ransom Community Church. He has been the worship leader at a few other church plants and a few other churches. He, I would say, I think we all would say he's brought a, a lot, not just talent. He's a very talented worship leader, but just from a pastoral uh, perspective, because he's not just, he doesn't just get up there and play songs, but he's looking at it from a, a pastor's point of view and shepherding people through through worship through the not just the music but through the whole service. Uh, Josh pretty much plans out our service each week, and so he also trains other worship leaders and just does a lot with our church. And it's been a huge, huge blessing to our church. And uh, Josh is also just want to say this: he's kind of I'd say probably my my spiritual older brother. And it's been a huge blessing to not just me, but but my wife and my whole family, him, him and his wife. And um, so I'm really excited for y'all to get to know Josh and to hear him answer some of these questions we have for him. This is also the first official Sports and Jesus interview. So one day when we're interviewing LeBron James, you can be like, I was the first. LeBron James. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, Joy, you got the uh, the first question there for. Appreciate for... that intro, by the way. I wasn't feel like I don't maybe live up to that. That was you don't. I don't. Okay, good. <laughs> Pressure's off. I know. Now. There you go. <laughs> uh, first question we got is: What do you think through while planning the order of a service? Um. <laughs> Sounds like I don't think through anything because nothing really comes to mind. Um, well, I think through, I try to think through like position spots. Um, and there's a, I think there's a, maybe we'll get to this more later. Maybe, But I, I try to think through more, um, almost like a team. Like you have a team playing together. Um, take a football team. I want to relate this to sports since it's Jesus and sports. Um, on a sports team, on a football team, you've got position players that play, obviously, different positions, and each position has its own function. In the same way, when you plan a worship service, you think through each item of the liturgy, each item of the of the set list has its own individual function. And so I look for songs to flow in an order that... Uh, the songs that actually have that function of what we're looking for. Does that make sense? Maybe. What was the question again? 
<laughs> I'll ask that a lot, probably. Uh, the question was, what do you think through when planning yeah. the order of a service? And I know, like, you have, I think it's obvious that you have kind of a certain, like, outline that you're looking through. Yeah, and, right. And we were wondering, like, we, I think, last episode, we, we talked through Brian Chappell's, um, his outline, which I think Good. is like... Good. Adoration, confession, assurance, petition, instruction, charge, and blessing. And then we talked through uh, Mike Cosper, their outline. Also, we were wondering, um, do you use those or do you use your own kind? Like, what are you, Um, from the first song, what are you wanting people to understand and sing in in the sense of looking at the gospel? Right, right. Yeah, I I do use those, uh, you know, Cosper and... Uh, both of those rhythms of grace and Christ-centered worship are great resources for um, setting up your liturgy. So I guess I should back up and say that that as as a worship leader, um, from from my standpoint, my perspective, and, and where we are as a church, is we believe in a flow or a liturgy uh, of the service as opposed to just arbitrarily putting together. Uh, songs and whatnot, and not that necessarily. Well, I do think that one is better than the other, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it's not necessarily shaming on the other. It's just that we believe. I mean, even Paul said that that your your gatherings together should have some order to it, and um, we really believe that uh, there's a sense in which um, we sing hymns, songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, and letting the word of Christ dwell within us richly. And so we try to do that in such a way inform our worship services in such a way that they accomplish that. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I think you gotta, you know, you gotta be familiar with your context as well. Um, That's good. You know, Chapel's um, liturgy there and, and even Cosper's liturgy, um, they may not fit us exactly. And so I um, also have to know that, um, I can only do as much as my pastors, other pastors will allow me to do. And so um, I don't want to overstep my bounds or, or or try to fit this whole worship service that becomes only about that, you know. Uh, there are other elements of the worship service, such as the preaching and um, the response of uh, and, and things like that. So I don't want to take up all of our time with that. Um, but, yes, yeah, so there's general flow that we, we generally start with songs— uh, out of the gate that highlight reflect on the attributes of God in a sense if you if you will um, songs that maybe make us um, or, or cause us rather to focus on the majesty of God on, on the bigness of God yeah um, you know, I look at Isaiah 6 as, as sometimes a good example for that simply. Um, you know, if you're familiar with Isaiah six and the king that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord um, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And Isaiah is just un- unfolding for us this moment in which he beholds God, and um, and so I think the moment out of the gate for us in a worship service should be a point where we are in awe of what God is doing. We're in awe of Him, who He is, what He's done. Um, you know, his overall attributes. And so, um, and then that funnels us down into more of a responsive. Um, so, so Isaiah says that next, you know, he's 
in light of who God is, he realizes who he is um, and that he is sinful and that uh, he needs to confess. And, um, and in that confession, he has this assurance where the angel tells him, you know, he's been cleansed. And, um, and so that procession kind of takes place for us as well. Um, so, uh, and then following, you know, there's a response to that. And then there's a sending at the end. And there's some other little things in there. We can get to those later. But um, so to answer the question... <laughs> <laughs> what do I think through? I think through those things, like how, um, again, going back to the position players, what fits in each of those categories? What takes us through that flow? And um, I look for songs that take us there. And, you know, I've got categories of songs, I guess, that um, songs that are, that fit that opening song, that, that focus on God's attributes. Um, you know, we got songs of confession. We got songs of assurance. We got songs of reflection on the truth, songs of response, and then songs of sending. Um, what I'm going to do some too is I think when you when you hear Josh answer that question, a lot of people will be like, "That, that sounds great." So I just want to highlight some of the things and like what he says that I think are have been different for me at at Ransom since you've been the worship leader than they have at at other church I've churches I've worked at or other churches I've been a part of. And I think that when you said, you know, I want to think through my context, I want to think through the people that I'm leading in worship. I think a a lot of times churches can get caught up in, all right, we want to be like this church or this mold. And that's what they're thinking through when they think through songs and song order is, um, is just trying to fit a mold, mm-hmm. whereas like you, you'd probably say the songs and the way you do songs and how you order service is different in Florence, Alabama than it was when you were in Lexington, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and th- the gospel hasn't changed, but stylistically and just because the context has changed, and, and I think that's 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 good. I think that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, also, I think sometimes a, a lot of worship leaders that it's more like, all right, we want a fast song here, a slow song here, a song that'll get people excited here, and that's the categories. That instead of we want a song that says this, mm-hmm. we want a song that teaches this, and that's that's again that's that's something that's awesome. That's been great for me as somebody in just as a part of that congregation in the crowd, just doing that every Sunday. I'm singing through, not just hearing the gospel preached every week, but actively participating in singing and through the response of reading, speaking the gospel. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the whole church as a whole doing that. That's another thing is it, that you said that I think is a little different. Like you're thinking through like, it's not a performance. It's not, people sitting back watching y'all, but everybody at the church that's there on Sunday morning is participating in the worship and worshiping together. And I know that's one thing that me and you've talked about. That's why you personally like the lights to be on Mm -hmm. because you want, instead of, I think it's common for people to, or the common today view of worship is I want to, forget about everything around me and just it just be me and God. Yeah. And that sounds good, but I think what 
what we're after and what you're after is more like, no, I want to be aware of the people that I'm singing to God with. Mm -hmm. I want to be aware of the church that surrounds me and the church that I'm worshiping with. And that's just, I know personally that's been, that's been really good for me. Yeah, I think there's a, there's an element to which, um, it's not, not that I think there is, there's an element to which, um, you, you know, Paul says we sing, singing to each other mm-hmm. in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So, so yes, we are singing to God, we are glorifying God, but there's also an element to our worship that should be edifying to each other. We should yeah. be, it should be collaborative, it should be um, congregational. You know, it's a yeah. word that we use. It's it, That means that everybody there should be able to do it. And so, um, yeah, I think that there's um, there's a response that our people, we want our people to have, and as you said earlier, just to shepherd them through each response. So, um, so that yeah, we were we are corporately together worshiping God, and and there's nothing wrong with private worship. I mean, yeah. that's obviously your life should be um, one that is full of private worship. Yeah. Um, but in that moment, on a Sunday morning, we gathered together as the church. Uh, it's one of the few times that we're all gathered together. Uh, other times where the church scattered, um, so yeah, it, I think the the reason worship has recently gone more the the private direction, I think, is because people don't have that private worship outside of that Sunday morning. Like that's that's their private worship. Where I love what you just said. Like you should be in private worship every day, but Sunday mornings is the day we come together for a reason, mm-hmm. and let's not you know, squander the fact that we're all together. Like, let's worship together. Yes. That, yeah. I don't want to waste that time. Yeah. Because it's, it's a very special time. Uh, what what do you look for in the character of of a member of the worship band? And also on on that note, like, what is what is the level of commitment to the church that you that you look mm-hmm. for? I know you have some some requirements. Can you can you walk us through those? Yeah, sure. Um, and these, you know, these are more probably what we would refer to as more open-handed issues in this area. And there's probably about as many opinions on this as there are people that have them. Um, and, and I've gone back and forth myself on this. And, and I, th- I think if, if I know what you're asking here, I, um, one, uh, for us, you know, we, we, one, we want someone that can play skillfully. You know, we, I don't want to just, um, you, you know, like, again, relating to sports, you know, you don't just um, come and try out for the the, the five-man basketball roster, and then you just suddenly, you know, everybody who wants to play makes it and plays. Yeah. Um, in, you know, even in the Bible, in, in David's time, there were people who, who played skillfully and there were people who led the procession of worship that were gifted and they were um it was very obvious that they had those giftings in their lives they were set aside they were they were musicians and so so i think the first thing we look for is is um can this person um you know competently play uh, their instrument or sing uh, vocally are they gifted in this area or has God blessed them with the talents that they need um, to do what we do yeah um, secondly is 
is this person, um, because it, because leading in worship and and even in a secondary role in leading worship, whether you're playing, whether you're, you know, pushing buttons on a keyboard, changing lyrics, you know, or you're pushing faders on a soundboard, you are, uh, you are actively involved in the, the hospitable. Um, service of your church to guide them and usher them into a place and atmosphere which they can respond to God. And so I I think it's hard to take that lightly. And so I I think those people need to be people who understand what they're doing and um, have a love and a commitment for the church that they are leading and and guiding that process in. And so... um, when someone comes to us and says they want to play, want to be involved, um, obviously I want someone who, like I said, plays or or is competent in their role, and um, and secondly, are they committed? Mm-hmm. And uh, and that commitment looks like for us being involved in a community group that meets in homes during the week, because um, you know I've said this before that th- that's just the gathering on Sunday mornings. Um, I use this example that if you have, um, if you, like I say, if I get my son a, a toy for Christmas and I give him this nice, elaborate, awesome toy and I bring it to him and he opens it up and it doesn't have batteries, then he just sits there and looks at it, you know? Um, but community is the batteries that make the church work. That's good. And um, so I, I think that anyone involved in serving the church needs to be plugged into the community, the meat, the body of the church. Um, and so we look for that. We encourage that. We want people to be involved in that. And and then we also have our smaller discipleship groups, which we call DNA groups, which uh, meet uh, uh, same-sex groups that just talk through um, discipleship, um, plugging into God's Word, studying, growing together, being held accountable confessing sin on a weekly basis and things like that. So if a person is in those groups, then you know that that person is should be at least, or looks like at least that they are actively pursuing uh, godliness in a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so um, so those are things that we encourage and, and look for uh, before putting someone on stage. That's good. Um, if you want to start getting your guitar out uh, while I... I filibuster while Josh is getting his <laughs> guitar out. Uh, Josh, also, one, one thing that's that's awesome is Josh writes some of his own music. He also occasionally takes some some older hymns and kind of re, rewrites them to work, like he said earlier, in his context. So I, I thought it would be, be cool just to give you all a little treat. Um, for Josh to play a, a song that he wrote, I think. Did we decide on "Love Awaken Love"? Sure. Yep. So we're, unless unless Daniel, you want to rap? Yeah. No. All right. But <laughs> maybe some other time. So uh, Josh is going to play a, a, an original song that we sing congregationally at church occasionally. Dude, I want to. Do you want me to play the whole thing? How long is the whole thing? I mean, I don't know. Let's do it. All right. I don't have lyrics in front of me, and I know this is my own song, but uh, so, so you can you can make <laughs> them up, up. Yeah. because it's your song. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> only, only problem is I can't. Yeah. <laughs> you got the guitar? Can you? Can you? You got that? Can you hear it? Yes. Okay. Yep. Let me see. Yeah. All right. Put a little bit to the side. This way. Yeah. Boom. Form the earth in a day, the wind and waves obey the very words that you say. Bring life to us. You're fully God, yet a man, and your eminence transcends. Author of the stars and the sand, awakened by love, we stand, and I'm forgiven. Because you died And I am justified Because you're alive You loved us first Was the greatest of acts With no trickery And no strings attached You loved us first so we must react We will respond With our love back Love awake love Battered and bruised Your death paid our due Us, your daughters and sons, and through your spirit we learn that your judgments are firm, and what we could not earn, your grace imparted to us, and I'm forgiven because you died, and I am justified because you're alive. You loved us first Was the greatest of acts With no trickery And no strings attached You loved us first So we must react And we will respond Give our love back Nothing good in my heart that would lead you to me. There's nothing I could do to make you leave. I've been bought with the price that I did not pay. Redeemed by the blood of a glorious King. Yeah, yeah. You loved us first Was the greatest of acts With no trickery And no strings attached You loved us first So we must react 
we will respond If our love back Love awaken love That was that was awesome. That was super awesome. Um, got a few more questions, and we're we're kind of running out of time, so we'll uh, we'll try to try to make these these uh, quick. On, on that note uh, of a song you just wrote, do you ever feel uncomfortable, like just from a I guess protect your pride perspective, like because you you've. Re- Written, roted, rided, roted, rided it. You've roted a few. You've roted quite a few songs that that we sing, and and they've, for the most part, they usually go over really well at our church. And uh, sometimes, do you feel uncomfortable like being proud of that? I guess does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a, and I think everyone who's ever written a song anywhere, unless you're just really full of yourself, you know, um, I think there's, there's a healthy question, you know, that you do. And then there's an unhealthy, like, I I think there's a, there's a good and there's a bad, you know, um, one, if you're just out here writing songs and you're like, man, I just want people to sing my song, then man, that's, that's an issue of pride and we have to kill that, you know? And so on the other, other side of that, if, Man, God's given me um, something, uh, a word, a, a way of reflecting something in His Word, um, and a melody that brings that to life. Then, um, I think there's a few things that, you, that we do. We bounce those off of people. Um, you know, good songs come in good company, and uh, having other good writers and good people, good minds to think with you and say, "Ah, you know, dude, that sucks," you know, or. Um, <laughs> Man, that melody just is really hard to sing, or those words just do not make sense. They're confusing. Um, that's not theologically sound, you know. That's heresy, you know. Like if you got people to to help you with those things, then 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 that, that's always good. Um, but yeah, I th- I think there's um for me there's always that that feeling of like I don't want people to look at this like this is the Josh show, you know? Like, I don't want to just be throwing up my songs and everybody's singing my songs. So I had to be careful not to be prideful on that end and to think that, you know, that um, it's not about me, you know? Um, if God's given me a word, you know, uh, uh, a song, a melody that connects with God's truth that allows us to sing, um, then... Yeah, I think we, you know, should be confident as long as everybody else is confident. Yeah. <laughs> um, another question. Joy, do you want to ask this one? Yeah. Okay. This is uh, question number five. All right. How do you experience other worship services and other worship leaders? Do you find it difficult not to evaluate them? And I was thinking of that question because I know sometimes I occasionally preach, and I, I can find that. Difficult. Probably Daniel would say that too. Sometimes it's easy to be evaluating the sermon or the preacher more than 
you're actually listening and trying to uh, trying to to take something from it. And I know you try to you want to raise up other worship leaders, and occasionally, even at our church, like you'll let someone else lead while you just just worship in in the audience. Sometimes is that is that difficult for you? Sure, I mean. Um... It it's not as difficult for me when it's it, it's with our people, you know, it's yeah. with our family because I know that usually I've had a hand in in helping prepare that leader or helping them plan, and so I kind of know what's coming, and you know, and if they just whiff it and they you know they just stink it up, then that's it's hard for anybody to to worship in it in a distracting type situation. Um, but I think for me, I, I do, I do, I fight that battle. Like if I go visit somewhere else, which I, I never really get a chance to do, but I do sometimes, occasionally I have, you know, and it, or you're at some other different um, gathering that's maybe not a Sunday morning gathering or something like that. It, it's, yes, I'm human, um, and it's very hard not to be critical. Um, but just like anything else, I think, we have to die to ourselves. Because um, here's, here's the beautiful part, man, is that if, if we understand the gospel and we have the truth of the gospel in our hearts, man, I ought to be able to worship to clanging cymbals. You know what I mean? I ought to be able to worship to Hell's Bells, ACDC. You know what I mean? I ought to be able to worship to anything because I get the gospel. And so anything is worshipful. Just breathing is worshipful, uh, or it should be. Um, so, but yes, I... And let's just be honest. There, there are um, folks that do worship badly, you know, and uh, it's hard not to be critical of those type things. But at the same time, we should be able to. If if we are cross centered, gospel centered people, we we should be able to worship regardless. Um, but it's tough sometimes not to be critical of things, but. We should also die to that. There's a there's a there's a helpful critical. And there's a harmful critical. Yeah. You know? And we got to discern within our hearts which is good and which is bad. If we can't worship because we're critical, then it's bad. But unless it's just <laughs> unless the critical is is um yeah anyway I'll stop there. But <laughs> I mean, if it's really, really bad, you know what I mean. Like then you just get up and walk out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, you just get up and walk out. You know? I just can't do this. Yeah, huh? yeah <laughs> I, I mean, the microphone. Yeah, let, let me do this. I got, I got <laughs> this. Like, give me your guitar. <laughs> like Grayson Allen hip bump to yeah. the leader, right? Like that. See what I did there? All right. Okay. On that note, sometimes uh, this is a question from Stats. Is it? Uh, do you find it hard when, like, sometimes when a, a child is up there reading the scripture and then you have to lower the microphone when you get up there? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I wasn't going to say it, but then you huh. took a shot at Grayson. So, uh, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> that was a good or or also sometimes as an Ole Miss fan. The good thing about me, like if Grayson tripped me, I don't have as far to fall. That's so true. you know, I mean, which <laughs> it, which is a given. If I were playing on the court with him, he would try to trip me. That's that's true. So per, most of the time, even though I'm generally it. not going to be a threat to anyone yeah. on the court. <laughs> um, also, does uh, do you think as a worship leader, 
having a full beard helps the sound. You know, maybe Dan can help me. I, I think Dan would say yes. <laughs> Dan, um, can you sing better? I think Dan worships you, better you in the congregation because I have a beard. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's an absolutely from Sensei Dan. Um, la- last serious question. What, what are some ways in a worship service that you look to give women a, a voice in a role? Because I, I know I'm basing this question because uh, we, we are complementarian. National Women's Day Yeah, yeah, that's why. <laughs> we, we're complementarian in our view of the role of women and men. And uh, um, sometimes churches that claim to be complementarian can, um, like, for example, there's a, there's a big church that has recently self-destructed and one of the claim was a church out in front in the in the complementarian fight and uh, a lot of the big knock on that church since it's disappeared or since it's gone under has been that it was not a good atmosphere for women in the church um so what are some ways as a complementarian that you still look for a way to give women a voice in the service. That's a difficult well, question. No, it's not. I, I just immediately want to make jokes, and I shouldn't <laughs> Pro- make Yeah, jokes probably shouldn't. No. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is a touchy subject for some. and uh, No, I, I think it, uh, you know, as where we are as a as a church and what we find to be biblical, um, we, we believe that um, the role of a pastor-type um, figure is is intended to be done only uh, by a male. Um, and we see that in Scripture, and, and I think to deny that would be to deny Scripture. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I, I think, you know, there are certainly roles that, that I mean, our women have, um, and, and I don't know that, I don't have a, um, let, me, let me back up here, I don't <laughs> To ask this question at the end, uh, no, I, I mean, where I've, I was where hoping I, to build up your confidence. Yeah, right? what I feel and what I believe is a very healthy place, and I just, I'm just trying to figure out if I can articulate what I'm thinking and how I feel that we think or what, toward it. Because I feel like you're setting it. me up to say something no. really good, but I can't <laughs> articulate what I'm trying to say. Um, while you're thinking through it, you want me to say just some ways that I've noticed that. No, well, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm. Yeah. Let me track here, and then okay. you see if, um, and then you, you can, you can fix it. Um, yes, uh, one of the, the great ways that, that we do, um, well, well, I I guess my role is the worship leader or worship pastor or whatever you want to call it. Um, we certainly have women who lead us in songs, Mm -hmm. um, who, um, who sing well, um, and who, who lead us in song and, um, and do a great job and do a great job. And and I think that you need that as a church, if you don't have that, then, then there's at least half of your congregation that you're not creating a context that for them that's comfortable, you know. And so it's just it's it's physiological. Women and men don't have the same voices, and so um, to have a female leading in song and voicing that, then one it creates it represents a part of your congregation, uh, you know, a half of at least half of your congregation. Two, it provides a voice to, um, uh, for ladies to sing along with, and and I think that's very essential, very key for for your congregation to sing. Um, we also do things like, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> the dog in the room is, uh, you know. Joy's dancing in the corner. Joy's dancing in the corner. I'm trying to answer a serious question, and uh, this is hard. Whoa, the mics are falling. Um, all right. Um, yeah, so uh, reading scripture uh, is another way that we, uh, that, that ladies um, add a voice to our services. And I don't, I, ho- I hope this doesn't sound like, Oh, we just find a place for the ladies over in the corner, it, you know, and we just give these these little jobs that they can do because they can't do the big jobs. That's that's not the case at all. It's mm-hmm. um, the ladies certainly have a huge role in what we do and compliment. Um, you know, uh, I I can think of a few ladies that are on our in our band and our worship team who lead vocally. Um, you know, we've even have one lady who who plays keys with us and who very much has a um a great understanding of music and who who practically leads our band even when I'm there because she's yeah. she's way more competent musically even than I am and so um so yeah the ladies have a huge role in what we do and um and we're very thankful for the ladies that God has blessed us with and especially vocally and um all that so so yes, it's very essential, very important, I think, to have female presence on stage and and in that role. Um, but as far as the pastoral leadership type role, I, you know, that's we reserve that for malehood. Yeah. I, I think that's one thing that's been refreshing about our church is is not even just from the stage and on a worship level, but we, I mean, our our church. It, God is really blessing our church right now. And a lot of that is like, not because, but like he has blessed us with some super gifted women that our church would not be where it is right now if it, if it wasn't for them on almost every level mm-hmm. of of our church. And it's it's awesome. And it's awesome to see how that's, that you can you can be complementarian and still make that very Im, important mm-hmm. um, to to use those gifts and to give a voice to to some people that don't don't get voices in other churches. Um, the I know I said that was the last question. One final question: um, As an Ole Miss fan, do you uh, do you sometimes find it difficult to lead worship on a Sunday after a difficult Saturday? <laughs> Um, that wasn't a serious. You know, question, we're good for about five or six good Sundays, though. You know, um, so yeah, <laughs> I'm a University of North West. Alabama fan. Yeah, yeah, um, that's how you do it right there. That's and, you know, and shout out for the to the Hoodat Nation. So you know, Sundays after I'm home from, you know, a a a, a sometimes what can sometimes be a draining morning but you know obviously very good celebratory fun i love leading worship love gathering their people but it's nice to come home and sit down and watch a good saints game and they're winning uh or at least they did this past year so a piece a piece of advice to all worship pastors if your college team isn't very good pick a pro team that is especially when it's biblical like the saints saints are biblical yeah pick a biblical can't root against those or the Eagles, because Jesus likes the Eagles, as we all saw in the Super Bowl. So, um, audibletrial.com. So does Kevin Hart. Yep. 
slash sports and Jesus. Go check that out. Sign up for that 30-day free trial. Um, holler at us if you want to be a part of our bracket challenge. If you live in Japan and you're listening to this again, please contact us. Please. We'd, we'd love to be your best friend. Um, also, do they have, waffle, also, do they have waffle House in Japan? Did we ever decide if Trump card is based off Donald Trump? Did we decide that? Okay. All right. Um, so this has been Sports and Jesus. We'll catch y'all next time. Full of grace and full of favor. A sinless sacrifice that God above can truly save her. Lord Jesus Christ, our only chance, our only hope. Eternal life, God, you drowned it, boy. Better grab that rope. Better touch his garment. Better grab his robe. Confess, repent, believe. Before your heart gets cold. Don't trust the world's lies. You got to sever that root. Control, alt, delete, reboot. Now I believe the truth. Hit him, hit him with the truth. Hit him, hit him with the truth. Hit him, hit him with the truth. Hit him with the truth. Hit him with the truth.